0: We're joined today by Josh Neighbors from the Locked On Big 12 podcast to talk about everything we need to know about the Oklahoma State Cowboys heading into this week's game for Arizona State down in Stillwater, Oklahoma. This is the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everybody? This is Richie Bradshaw, the host of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen of the day. Remember, we're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you want to check us out in a visual platform, of course, wherever you do get those podcasts, so make sure you hit like and subscribe and turn on those notifications so you get an update every time we post new content, which is Monday through Friday, throughout the entirety of the season. Joining me today is Locked on Big 12 host, uh, josh neighbors Josh you are the go-to expert for us for everything Oklahoma State Cowboys so I appreciate you hopping on so that you can give us some insight on what Arizona state needs to be looking forward to as we head into this game this weekend
1: yeah uh a pretty exciting game right you know it's uh, obviously whenever you get two teams in power five playing together uh it's fu- you know it's always fun to have those in non-conference obviously you usually only get one of those you know, uh, every single year. So, yeah, I mean, it's obviously exciting game, too, and all the connections with conference realignment and whatnot. Obviously, ASU has been, you know, one of the teams that is rumored to join the Big 12 uh, if things were to go sideways with the pack. So, you know, this could be a preview of a future conference game as well. So, a whole lot of interesting storylines here.
0: Yeah, 100%. And Oklahoma State was one of the teams last year that was this close to competing for a playoff spot. They ended up, uh, coming up shy against Baylor in the Big 12 championship game. Finished the season, I believe, 12-2. and two, And yep. overall, were are just one of the strongest teams in the country. They did lose quite a bit, though, offensively. I know that they lost uh, number one receiver Tay Martin. I believe Jalen Warren is gone mm-hmm. as well. But based off of what they were able to do against Central Michigan last week, it doesn't appear the offense is going to be too much of a problem so long as Spencer Sanders stays a quarterback.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the the number one storyline with their offense and always I mean, kind of with the team in general has been the play of Spencer Sanders. So he has really been up and down, a really talented guy, really good arm strength and can move really well. He's a, is a pretty good runner. And uh, what happened last year with how good their defense was, is that he really just needed to be a game manager for them, for them to win a lot of their games. And he was and actually pretty good I mean he's first team all conference. Now, Kind of speaks to the strength of the quarterback in the league last year. Not excellent. Um, but, he, you know, he was a game manager. And then a, a switch really flipped for him in the Notre Dame game late on in that game. Um, and it kind of carried over into this season. Over the last two games, he's thrown for over 770 yards. He's thrown for a combined eight touchdowns. He's run for over 170 in those two games. And also he ran for two touchdowns against Central Michigan. And, you know that was the big question when we we thought about okay Jalen Warren is gone, Tay Martin is gone. What does the offense really look like for them? Uh, and their offensive line was you know pretty consistent last year, and it was all about Spencer Sanders, a guy who's been consistently inconsistent taking the next step. Last two games he looks pretty he looks pretty good, uh, and I think that's the question is like all right when you get into higher leverage games and you go to a game to game basis within a season, like can he keep doing it? But you know, if you were to call out I mean, if you were to try to find a way to describe the last two performances, they were star-making performances against Notre Dame and Central Michigan. It's just a question of can he keep it up? But he's got he's got the talent. He actually has the talent. Not to keep up this clip, but to be a really good player who could be the best player on the Oklahoma State team.
0: I'm a very big Spencer Sanders fan. I thought that he was a very quality quarterback last year. Uh, like you said, it feels like he's definitely been just improving throughout his career before really starting to. Feel like he's coming into his own as a passer. It also happens to work that he's a pretty good running quarterback as well. Last year was second on the team in rushing yards, just shy of 700. Uh, This year uh, started off the season with 57 yards and two touchdowns on the ground to go with four touchdowns through the air. So it feels like the pest is yet to come for Spencer Sanders. But what does his supporting cast look like? Is he kind of uplifting everyone around him? or does he have some rock stars that no one's talking about yet?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, the the, the guy behind him carrying the rock this year, it's, it's predominantly going to be Dominic Richardson, who we saw a good amount of last year. He's pretty good, but they got a couple of freshmen in Jaden Dixon and Ali Gordon, who they like a whole lot in the backfield. And then for them at wide receiver, it's it's actually, you know, they're returning a good amount of those guys. The The thing is just they didn't. They didn't get a ton of – not a ton of production that they're they're returning. It, it's it's a lot of experience. I got guys like Braden Johnson, Brennan Presley, I think was kind of the number one target. John Paul Richardson who caught a touchdown last week. Uh, Jaden Nixon was able to catch one to the running back I just mentioned. Uh, Bryson Green also. Brennan Presley's little brother, Braylon, is also there as well. So they've got a variety of weapons in this offense. And, uh, you, you know, you are just kind of – the question is – Um, how good, how good are those guys? Cause you mentioned Tay Martin, like the relationship that he had built with Tay Martin was a really impressive one. I mean, those two guys were, uh, I think one of the stronger connections in the league that, and really people didn't talk about them enough. I don't think, I mean, I think Tay Martin ended up with 10 touchdowns on the season and that's a really good receiving year for an offense that really wasn't all that explosive to be quite frank. So he's got to rebuild those relationships, but through one game, I mean, he's passed the test. He's distributed the ball really well. We'll see if that continues for them against Arizona State. But the supporting cast is good, but there's no number one guy at receiver like a uh, Tay Martin, obviously was was there before. Tylen Wallace, who I think is still with the Ravens right now. Uh, You know, James Washington, obviously in the NFL right now. And you even go back to, you know, the Justin Blackman's and Des Bryant's, of the world. I mean, this has always been a program that's had a number one guy and not really sure if they have that big outside number one guy right now.
0: Regardless of whether or not they have that, because it definitely feels like they're, they're missing that. I was definitely a Tay Martin guy last year. Yeah. I, I felt like he, yeah, I felt like he had a really spectacular season replacing Tylen Wallace, who another very underrated mm-hmm. player for the Cowboys is, is this enough for Spencer Sanders to continue the hot streak that he's on or is he going to need some help down the road? Do you think he's arrived at that point where it can be the Spencer Sanders show with co-stars, uh, Brayden Johnson and Bryson green and Jaden Nixon?
1: Yeah, that's, that is the question. Like I, I, I think because I've watched so much Spencer Sanders, I can't give you a definitive answer. Um, because he, he is consistently inconsistent and I think is, a COVID year, like they were supposed to be really good that the 2020 season that they, they were returning so much on both sides of the ball and it didn't go great for them, but a lot of it was knocked off by, uh, you know, by, by COVID and not having full practices, obviously ASU fans and, and fans of the PAC 12 are familiar with, you know, th- those situations. Then in 2021, it was that full season. He was first team all big 12, but like it, it just never, you were never sold on Spencer Sanders winning you football games. And it didn't really happen that often, to be quite frank. Now it feels like you know, like the guy's just gotten older and more experienced, and he's got the ability. It's just a matter of putting it all together. So I think this offense doesn't have to be like just, you know, it's just a one-man wrecking crew. They've got pieces elsewhere. But, like, can he get the most out of this offense this entire season? I mean, it's trending in that direction that he can. It's just a matter of can he keep it up. And, and I know it's just one game this year, but in la- that Notre Dame game last year, I was a motivated Notre Dame team, and he stuck it to him. So I, I think that is – he's starting to show signs of, of serious life and, and being a guy with those tools that can actually run the – be the guy in the offense, not just run the offense.
0: I'm definitely a big fan. I would have absolutely no problem seeing him continue to build off of some pretty good uh, success over the last you know year or so at Oklahoma State. We're going to go ahead and hop into our first break. And when we return, we're going to take a look at the defensive side of the ball for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. But first, a quick word from our friends over at Get Upside. From cringing at the pump to getting an eye popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us all where it hurts. And it really hurts. That's why I started using Get Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out with every purchase I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. To get started, download the free Upside app. Use promo code LOCKED and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit card or debit card and get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, You can earn three times more cash back with GetUpside. Upside Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. So go and download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using the promo code LOCKED for GetUpside. And as always, guys, thank you all so much for making us your first listen of the day. Remember, the podcast, as always, is free and available on all platforms. Getting back into our conversation now here with Josh Neighbors, taking a look at the Oklahoma State Cowboys. We talked offense, time to talk defense. This defense was pretty, pretty dang good last year. It just felt like they were all over the place. Lots and lots of sacks, pretty fair amount of turnovers. They had some awesome players like Malcolm Rodriguez and Devin Harper, but it feels like a very different unit this year. And it really showed in the box score last week, at least, with Central Michigan dropping 44 points on Oklahoma State in Stillwater. Now, obviously, Spencer Sanders was able to carry that load with six touchdowns of his own to throw up 58 points, but giving up 44 points to Central Michigan. Doesn't seem like a sign of great things. Is this is this defense taking a pretty significant step backwards in 2022?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of pieces of context here, you know, that, that you added a lot of them, but even more. I mean, Jim Knowles is now at Ohio State. And look, we saw week one that Ohio State defense gave Notre Dame all kinds of problems. Uh, and, and, you know, Jim Knowles has just been a great coordinator. I mean, really everywhere that he's gone, from Duke to Oklahoma State now to Ohio State, I'm sure he'll keep doing well everywhere he was, you know, he was around before that. They bring in uh, Derek Mason, and I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Derek Mason. The one thing is interesting here is that they kept all of the terminology and all the play call. Everything's the same from last year. So actually the coordinator had to be the one learning the defense as opposed to the other way around. Uh, now I think that's, that can be effective in some cases. I'm wondering you know, what personal spins Derek Mason's going to put on it. We'll see if things keep going. But I, I ha- you have to mention this. I mean, Oklahoma State forever – has been a program that's kind of an offense first, and then you have the defense last year that was that was absolutely tremendous, and they still got a lot of parts from that defense. But when you lose Malcolm Rodriguez in the middle, Devin Harper in the middle, uh, Colby Harvell peel the back end, Christian Holmes in the back end, I mean, this team you know they lost uh, a, they lost a lot of pieces off what happened last year for them, and so they need to you know kind of uh, you know get back to that. But I mean, you know, Jerick Bernard Converse. They even lost, too. So the strength for them is their defensive line. Tyler Lacey, Brock Martin, Colin Oliver. I mean, these guys are such a strong group for them up front. And you saw it last week. They stopped the run really well against Lou Nichols, who is one of the better running backs. I mean, he was one of the best running backs in all of FBS last year. They did a really good job stopping the run. They just could not stop the pass. Also, in their piece of context, too, here, uh, is that look? Last, the, the the funny thing is that was a blowout, Richie. I mean that that was a that was a game that was not close a- at halftime, and, and really a lot of the points came in I guess garbage time. But still, like that was their first opportunity, so they're still probably trying really hard. Yeah, they they've got to cover better. The linebacker's got to play better. The secondary has to play better. But up front, they're a really still a really strong team. So I think these might you might see a team that is very good at stopping the run. And a team maybe that is uh, not so good in the uh, maybe in the coverage. Now, they got guys like Jason Taylor and Thomas Harper who have been around for a minute, but they really need to make sure they, they kind of fix some things there on the back end. So I think the defense will be worse than last year, but still, they've got, a, they've got one of the best defensive lines, not just in the conference, but in all, the, all of America.
0: Yeah. Well, taking a look at Colin Oliver in particular, yeah. the dude is a true sophomore coming off a 10.5 sack campaign. And I, I feel like he's. He's probably the face of this defense, I would imagine. What all? What all can you tell us about Colin Oliver and the guy who's likely going to absolutely terrorize Arizona State this coming Saturday?
1: Yeah, I mean, he was he was Big Twelve, you know, freshman of the year last year. Uh, I think it was a defensive, uh, like defensive newcomer of the year. Um, you know, freshman All American team, all that kind of stuff, and really just for him, like he is just a relentless pass rusher. I mean, he's not this overly massive guy um To be honest, but he is a really relentless pass rusher for a guy who is you know just probably like six two two thirty five so like nice decent size but like this is not like a I mean this is not a an alien we're talking about here right this is we're not watching Will Anderson come off the edge different completely different build than a guy like that but just a really good technique relentless pass rusher as well and just a guy who finds ways to get home he's just a nightmare to deal with on the defensive line also. It helps they've got more than one guy across the defensive line to help him out. But he just plays well in tandem with those guys. He's a quick learner. Um, and, you know, he ends up in the entire season. I mean, it was, it was an FB, it was a, he was seventh in FBS in sacks with 11.5. And he set the OSC freshman that record at 11.5, too. So just a guy who's so used to getting home. And uh will open things up for other guys, too, if they decide to double-team him. This, this is the player to watch. He and Brock Martin are the players to watch, really, on the defensive line.
0: Looking at the secondary, uh again, this this felt like a unit that was pretty dang good last year. Feels like a lot of it is kind of gone due to eligibility stuff, if I'm not mistaken. But is this a unit that, like you said, like with context, they, they definitely had bit down for the majority of the game before the fourth quarter kind of came around and Central Michigan made their, you know, quote-unquote comeback. But for an Arizona State team, that isn't very predicated on passing the football. They're not incapable, but certainly not gambling on it to be the strength of the team. Is this something Arizona State could possibly exploit with a little more power five talent compared to what Central Michigan had or just forget about it?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, the the entire back part of their defense like is, is gone. I mean, Jerry Converse is gone. Tanner McAllister is gone. Jason Taylor is, I think he's the one guy who is, yeah, Jason Taylor is the, the one guy left. I'm double checking now between the two. Colby harvell Pilo is gone. Christian Holmes is gone. And the, all those guys they had, and, and Trey Sterling is gone as well, too. So, I mean, this is a team that's replacing two corners and uh, two of their three safeties. So, and Thomas Harper played. Excuse me, a decent amount was not one of the starting guys in the back end. At, at times he would be, but you know, they, they've had to replace a lot in the back end and the linebacker too. You know, you're getting uh Mason Cobb in there and linebacker uh to replace Devin Harper and Malcolm Rodriguez, who they had there as well. So yeah, I mean they're just like this is a place they could take that Arizona State, <clears throat> excuse me, could take advantage, but you know, I think it could be tough because I think Arizona State probably wants to run the ball a bit more. Oh, yeah. That's kind of I think the strategy there, and that's their their strength matches up with Oklahoma's strength, which could be a problem. So I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure this is the game where where Oklahoma State secondary uh, needs to be super concerned. It actually might be the game they could get back on track. I Probably. Think. Yeah, that's, no no offense, Sun Devil fans out there.
0: You guys. Oh, are there, there's fun. none. We we but, all. But, uh, we all you, know. you all you all know the situation. <laughs> it's not a great situation there
1: right now. You guys you guys are fully aware of us. Y'all know what's happening. It's not your all's fault. You know it's. This is kind of this year kind of is what it is, for I see. So
0: exactly. Uh, we're going to go ahead and hop into one more break. And when we return, we're going to get uh, Josh's final opinions on this game based off of the questions I have to ask him on the Sun Devils side of things. This, of course, being the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. And again, thank you guys so much for making Locked on Sun Devils your first listen every day for your second listen. Go and check out the ultimate pro football preview for twenty twenty two. An eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. Local team experts of the Locked On Podcast Network, plus a betting angle from Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets, all combining into one Ultimate NFL Preview. Search for Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, Josh, to close this episode out, basically I'm going I'm to throw a few questions at you. Uh, based off of what I know for ASU and what you know for Oklahoma State and just kind of see, ba- based off of just kind of what we know about each other's schools, uh, what you feel about that. So looking at Arizona State's offense, what I can tell you is it is very much predicated on the run game. They ran for over 250 yards in their opening game. Uh, transfer running back, Xavier X Valade rushed for over 100 yards. Emory Jones transferred from Florida rush for 50 60 some odd yards overall the team was just chipping away they scored four touchdowns on the ground but this is a really good oklahoma state front seven in order to have any success on offense they're going to have to find a way but is is this the defense that is going to crack at a good run defense or a uh, run offense or is is this defense going to be up to the up to the task
1: i think it's up to the task i think In the environment, like I think, look, I think the goal is all right. We we have to make Emory Jones beat us throwing the football, uh, right? And and we can, and look, here's the thing: they asked Daniel Richardson to do it last week, and he did actually pretty well. Like the problem was, it was kind of too late, right? I mean, they were down fifty-one to fifteen. I think it was at one point, whatever it was. It was a massive gap they had to they had to you know overcome. So, I think I think with that, you know. The temptation to run early is going to be there for ASU, to try, you know, trying to establish that, get going in the game. But to me, I mean, you need to hit a big play early. Like the, ASU cannot play from behind on the road; it's just not. It's not going to work out for them. So maybe you do try to hit that big play early on in the game, or a couple of big plays early on in the game. I don't think straight up is trying to establish the run. Central Michigan tried it last week, and you know, Lou Nichols once again, really good running back, didn't didn't work out for them. So I, I think that's that's one thing if you're trying to run the ball early and, just, and establish, you know, that, that ground game to be maybe a quicker night at the office than ASU fans would like.
0: And I can totally see that coming. Unfortunately, it's just a very, very tough place to play is go down to Stillwater, Oklahoma. And it just, it doesn't help that you have so many new pieces on the offense. You got a new quarterback, you got new running backs and you got a lot of receivers that aren't necessarily familiar with the, with big-time starting roles, and looking at those receivers, I mean, like I said, there, there's not much returning from last year. Andre Johnson was fine last year catching 13 passes and a touchdown, but other than that, or excuse me, 12 passes and a touchdown. Other than that, uh, Brian Thompson had 13 catches. He was the one I was thinking of. Uh, Messiah Swenson's a transfer coming in. Cam Johnson's a transfer coming in. We didn't get to see the passing attack much last week. They ran the ball forty-nine times, only passed it eighteen. This this feels like, you know, if if you can't run the football this week, things could get out of hand quickly. Is is there any chance that Oklahoma State could fumble the bag early, or are they just going to put Arizona State in a hole?
1: Well, Spencer Sanders is the guy who can the ball over. He's done it before, but like he was a house of fire last week, and the confidence level was so high. I mean, that's the problem. Is was like, establish their strength, but like, you, you just can't do it. It's not, it's, you could, the one element's going to have to be Emory Jones because that's the one thing CMU did, did not do last week against Oklahoma State was they didn't do a whole lot of quarterback run. So getting Emory Jones involved and maybe pressing those linebackers a bit more, trying to get those guys you know sideline to sideline, uh, you know, trying to make those guys make the tackles, uh, you know, that, that could be something that you could try to do. But Oklahoma State's defense pretty good to keep itself in front of them so that's the one that's kind of the one trade-off there but yeah i mean it's it's this big dilemma right you want to establish the run but the problem is you're running into the teeth of the defense the best part of the defense and so if you feel like it's use a one-trick pony it's running the football i mean you know try out the passing game you're gonna have to trump but you might not have that many options you might you know you're gonna need some four-person turnovers probably maybe get a special team touchdown in there too i mean, I don't mean to disrespect ASU at all, but like this is this is really the perfect matchup for Oklahoma State. Like this is actually an ideal team to play for them at home in the first power five game to play.
0: Oh, there's no disrespect. Arizona Arizona State fans have come to realize that in a best case scenario, this is probably a six and six season. I don't think anyone is expecting us to go down to Stillwater and pull off the win. Obviously, a lot of things would have to go right. And looking at the defensive side of the ball for Arizona State, this is a pretty stout unit. It also is facing a lot of change following guys leaving for the draft uh, and and lots and lots of transfers, but a pretty strong showing last week. This was a defense that even in short yardage uh, field positions was still able to maintain Northern Arizona University to just three points. And again, there, there were some times where there were short fields for the Lumberjacks and they just couldn't get in the end zone. Looking at the front seven for Arizona State, this is a very formidable group. There's some rock solid veterans on the defensive line. And particularly at linebacker, you have Merlin Robertson and Kyle Soley, both fifth year year players who did a really good job commanding the defense. They're both captains for the team. Very smart, intelligent uh, players who were able to call things out and set everyone up on the defense. But looking at this offense that we know is not shy about putting points up on the board. What it what is Merlin Robertson and Kyle Soley gonna have to do with this front seven in order to even somewhat maintain this game for Arizona State's offense to stay competitive?
1: Like well, I think the one the one thing when I watch Oklahoma State, and this has been a thing for a few years, like they want to spread the football around. As good as Tay Martin was, I mean, they, you know he was most effective towards the end zone. Um you know, he's really a great a great threat down there. But they love to get the football out to all that they have. They love to use every, every single part of the field. Something I've noticed, especially with Spencer Sanders, he's a guy that he's got the, you know, he'll, the one thing he does is he'll hold the ball for a little bit too long, but he's got a cannon and really can actually make up, you know, I hate most of the time when I see guys right hash throwing balls that are like a five-yard route to the left side of the hash, to you know, throw it 40 yards just to get five. Like this is a guy I actually don't mind making that throw because he can rip it. I mean, he's absolutely rip it. But um, you try—you have to get after him making them uncomfortable. You know, don't let them because if they start facilitating on every single part of the field, it's really game over. Especially if they start going to the you know use some of the option stuff in the run game because Spencer Sanders is very good at identifying lanes and taking those. So primarily, try to make him uncomfortable and try to limit where the football is going if possible. Just to, you know, just to not let this thing get humming at peak efficiency because we saw. Last week in central Michigan, did not know where the ball was going. Spencer Sanders knew where the ball was going and just ripped them in half. I mean, it was that's why it was so impressive. So, you're gonna have to make him uncomfortable. And you, you know, I, I think the best way to do that is, is uh, you know, I guess get through all the three. No, don't give him time to do that. Get after him, get after him early, get after him often, and try to force him into mistakes because he will make mistakes if you press him into them.
0: The good news for Arizona State. Is Front seven is pretty disciplined, and they're able to contain stuff in front of them for the most part. The bad news, there's times where they struggle to finish up plays. They didn't get any sacks this week. They weren't a very sack-heavy team last year. There's some bad misses in the open field that can lead to big plays. When I look at the secondary, this is arguably the biggest question mark for Arizona State. Just about everything brand new. The four starters from last year, all gone. Bunch of transfers coming in. Both of your starting safeties are transfers. Uh, well, one of your starting safeties is the the nickel guy is also a transfer as well, Corey Bethley. But ASU was able to grab three interceptions last week. One of them was taken away from a penalty, and the other two ended up standing. So there is some potential turnover play in the secondary. But again, this is a this is a brand new secondary not just to Arizona state, but a lot of these guys don't necessarily have a ton of starting experience. How bad of a matchup is that going to be for Arizona state against Spencer Sanders? Yeah,
1: it's bad news. That, that's bad news. <laughs> uh, I mean, this is a guy who is once again, like he, he is willing to distribute the ball all over the place. And also he's willing to hang on to the ball like long enough to distribute it everywhere. I mean, that it's the one thing about Spencer Sanders. Like this is, you know, for whatever Jaden did, did the other night, I actually, it's a pretty good comp here. It's, you know, I, I didn't even think about it when I just said it, but Jane Daniels, a lot of ASU fans are familiar. He, would, uh, he as you saw the other night, one read and go. I mean, if, if it was not there the other night, if was, he was taking off and running. Spencer Sanders, yep. Sanders is not like that. He will hang around and hang around and hang around, and he trusts his receivers, and sometimes he'll toss the ball up there and, hey, hey go, all right, go make a play now. You know, I, I trust you guys to get after it. Sometimes too much trust for Spencer Sanders. So, so I, I think with that, you know, when I, I when I, I think about um, a young secondary, look, the one thing Sanders has, you know, he might not be most consistent, he's learned from a lot of mistakes. He's had a lot of mistakes to learn from. And a lot of his interceptions have come against two teams last year, Baylor, Through threw five of the seven interceptions against Baylor to the rest of the way. So uh, against not only defenses, this guy can tear you up. You know, he really can. So I think the young secondary is a problem. And that's why also, too, you know, that's why I say get after the quarterback, right? Like uh, a good pass rush really does cover up a lot of things and uh, it can cover up, you know, a lot of deficiencies. And so that's important for ASU to get home to help
0: cover what might be lacking in the back end. One final question for you, before we let you go, kind of putting you on the spot here. Do it. If you could try and give me a final score prediction and don't be shy. If you want to say a hundred to nothing in favor of Oklahoma state, if you just had to take a shot in the dark, what are you predicting this final score to be?
1: We'll go 38-13 Oklahoma State. I, go 38-13. Think
0: I would be very happy if
1: we yeah. went to Stillwater. Yeah, I, the spread's went 11. we get
0: 13.
1: I, I, mean, the spread, I love, love the number. 11 is, 11 is calling my name. Whatever it is now. I'm not sure, but yeah. Um, 38-13.
0: What I can tell you, my friend, is Arizona State historically – is not good against the spread i would definitely take oklahoma state to cover that one and i'd take it pretty confidently but josh thank you so much for joining us i really appreciate your time uh this is going to go ahead and wrap up this edition of the locked on sun devils podcast so again as always thank you guys so much for making us your first listen of the day the podcast is free and available on all platforms including youtube if you want to check us out in the visual platform wherever you do get those podcasts though make sure you hit like and subscribe And turn on those notifications so you get an update every time we post new content, which is Monday through Friday. But until next time, guys, you keep it locked right here online.